Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion 9. everybody, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. I'm Guido, along with Scoop. Boom goes the... And Johnson... Not dynamite, Scoot. Not dynamite this week. Oh, guys. Kinda, I led Johnson down an intro that he did not Yeah, like. I'm not picking up what you're putting down at all. He's not, he's not. I no. thought, let me see if I can have him complete my sentence. And that nope. wrecks his intro. No. Not, no. not going to do it this week. Is there anything that's going to do it this week for you, Johnson? Nothing's going to make you happy? I need a week to step away and uh, and just have, like, a therapy. Are you thinking about peeing and then throwing well, up? Well, it would seem appropriate, yes. I feel like that is the theme after this game. That's what it makes you want to go do. So West Virginia loses to Texas Tech in similar fashion to the Oklahoma game, except for the fact that uh, Texas Tech is a much worse team than Oklahoma and West Virginia uh, for some somehow regressed over the last week uh, on both defense and offense. I think, and I'll I'll start out by saying this, guys. I think the most upsetting thing about this loss for me is that Jarrett Dagey looked really good in the second half. Uh, Jarrett Dagey, did he look really good or did he look competent? There's a difference, right? So looking really good is i think like well golden so golden blue zone tweeted it's kind of the worst case scenario deggy played well enough in the second half to keep his job and we still found a way to lose and that's like a very encapsulating statement to me here's the thing scooty if jared deggy played that way all four quarters would you have a different would you be talking a different tune you think putting up touchdowns connecting on passes that weren't just slant routes or so he had, in my mind, I watched the game in the second half intently. He had two passes that I recall where I thought, okay, why don't we ever do this? Like, why? Like, he actually hit somebody in stride. We never hit somebody in stride. Yeah, and it was deep. God forbid we hit. It yeah, was a, God forbid we hit somebody. It was like horizontal right. or uh, vertical. It was a deep throw. Like, yeah. Like, that never happens. Right. No, we were texting each other where, like, those were two throws I didn't even think we're capable of of having. Like, I'll say this: When was the last time we saw the offensive line and the quarterback have to jog a distance to get to where the ball's being spotted? Yeah, that's a good right. point. Yeah, you're right. We don't you ever had, see that. You had that 55 yarder to Esdale. You had that 40 yarder to Sam James. I mean, there were plays that were were good plays, and he looked good. And you're right, Johnson. And Blue Gold News is right. Like he, sa- I mean, he's he saved his job. Like he's he's gonna be. QB one again next week. We saw less of and potentially next year. I, we yeah, and potentially next year. We saw less of Garrett Green this week than we did in the Oklahoma game. So I, I don't understand the direction that we're heading. Is where I'm confused. About. Well, let's go back a second because I think you guys have been pointing out. You know, we've been talking about the early game scripts in these last these last several weeks. Oklahoma is a perfect example. We came out against them on a nine minute drive. And while we were all celebrating that drive, you guys were kind of pointing out, well, they're following the script, they're executing the script right off the bat in this game. Now, I know we didn't have the ball first, but it was obvious to everyone watching that the defense had no answer for anything early that Texas Tech was doing on offense. And when we were lucky enough to get that uh, Sean Mahone turnover, that interception on that first drive. You could tell the offense, if there was a script, 
either we didn't execute it or the script was not nearly as effective as it was in the previous early game weeks because we were sputtering through the entire first half. And I think I think that felt like it spelled doom early because we we knew coming in we only averaged what like three points in the second half in each of our games so it felt really gloomy so it was such a flip-flop to me to see us completely underperform early and then come out in the third quarter like the person I was watching it with was like who lit this fire under Jared Deggie I didn't know these throws were possible where have they been where did that come from? You know, that third quarter is probably one of the best quarters of football we may have played all season, which is weird to say in this game. But if you just watched that third quarter, you probably felt good about what was going on. Well, it's the best It's the best second half quarter or period of time in a second half that we've played. And I would even lump that in with the uh, Long Island game just because that wasn't really – I can't. you can't yeah. use that as a barometer for anything. I – it's frustrating to me. It actually angers me, the the usage of Garrett Green in the sense that so we bring him out, we actually move the ball somewhat effectively. Now, we didn't score. Well, now go, but, go back to that, though, Scoop, because until Green came in, Green, we finally started to get some first downs, actually get some positive yardage. I mean, it was absolutely nothing up to that point until green comes into the game. Right. So he comes in, we move the ball a little bit. We only have him throw. I think he threw one for two, right? Does that sound right? And he, That's it was a kind of a screen, you know, a slant or something out to the perimeter. And then, uh, something happens where he's coming off the field and he's getting chastised yeah, the by turn, Neil the Brown. The on downs. Yeah. Yeah. He gets chastised by Neil Brown. Oh, cause he, uh, I think he went to go throw the ball to the right side. Well, he kept it. And, and it, then the pass didn't work out. Turnover on that's downs. That's right. It was last second. Right. Kind of, He's yes. coming off the field and you and I were talking about the camera catches Neil Brown really giving him the business as he's coming off the right. field. Like I'm going to tell you right now, 60,000 people, Maybe 60,000 plus everybody on that sideline, maybe excluding two people, Neil Brown and Jared Hagee, <laughs> think that, like, hey, man, you're ripping the wrong guy. Like, this is this guy actually moves the ball, and you're going to give him a hard time because he made a last-second throw. He scrambles and makes a last-second throw to try to do something positive. Well, like, and, I think, and I think, Scooty, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of building off that. You never see him rip Daggy. You never see Daggy throws a uh, an interception to Virginia Tech. He didn't get ripped coming off the field. You know, you see all of these mistakes that Daggy makes. I, I I'm listen. I'm full in the court now. Of I don't understand what Neil Brown is doing with the team. And 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 we made a joke, and we've made this joke, you know, for two seasons now about Scoot being at base camp, and. And Johnson posts up posts, on, posts on Twitter. Say. Yeah, Johnson posts on Twitter. You got room for us. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure. And Neil Brown said in his post game press conference, he says, "If anybody wants to be pissed, be pissed at me." That kid, meaning Daggy, that kid played well in the second half. Well, all right, Neil, I'm pissed at you. Like, what is happening with this team? Be, be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Like, well, and can I just ask you guys what you thought? Well, because what's the I, I thought, yeah, I, exactly, Scoot. I, I thought, 
you know, you come out of Oklahoma and you're kind of like, man, I we were calling it the early game script. And I thought, well, come in, those guys, because they put a script together that worked. We obviously had Oklahoma on their heels early. So, you know, that coming out of that game, we all felt terrible. But at least you look and you go, OK, you know, some snap infractions, a false start on the O-line. Those are not things, you know, otherwise pretty clean, pretty good game plan, just some execution. Now you come into this game and I felt like, and I just want to ask you, we didn't really talk about it, but that first half felt like the most unprepared we've been to play a football game in a long time. So I I don't know how you felt, but it, it gave me the impression, like the person I was watching it with was like, well, do you think we just spent a week patting ourselves on the back for an admirable show against Oklahoma and we just thought I'm wondering, Tech was a do mess they think, and we show up and win? Yeah, or? Tech's got no starting quarterback, no starting, what, their best running back and wide receiver right, were all out. Right. So they're probably thinking, you know, we don't have to do all that much to be – pretty positive today let's just kind of do our basic stuff and we don't need to get too cute or do anything too crazy because you came out in the third quarter and it had the look of like they woke up you know like like they like they got in the locker room and they either got mad at each other or someone went hey we really actually need to get our crap together here get our poop in a group and actually go out and execute and then you come out in the third quarter because look this we're in guido i know we're going to go through a lot of other details but this game was clearly lost in the first half i mean you dig you dig that 17 nothing hole and really thankfully they got cute on that first series i mean if they don't get cute and run that trick play that i guess they think they needed to do that kind of stuff early in the game against our defense really they would have gone down and scored and we likely should have gone into the half 24 nothing and not 17 nothing but this game was clearly lost in the first half we finally get our act together and come out and execute something that looks like a competent offense and defense in the third quarter and and it but it was like you've now dug this hole. It's, it's a bit too late. Yeah. And, and I, and I got to say all through his post game press conference, Neil Brown's post game press conference, he kept saying, or he mentioned more than one time, you know, Texas tech had more energy at the beginning of the game. Texas tech was more pumped for the game. Texas tech was more up for the game. That to me, like that's a coach, like West Virginia, not having that energy, West Virginia, not being pumped going into that game. You know, Daryl Talley's number getting retired, yeah, everything that's right. happening back at home, stripe the stadium. That's a coaching totally problem. Agree. That's like, an indictment on the coaching staff. Like, get, so him saying that, yeah. him saying that well, our guys weren't up, our guys weren't as, as hyped as they yeah. were. Well, that's, that's, that's your fault you. as coaches. Yeah, that's on you. And you almost beat the number four team in the country the week before. So in your minds, as a, as a team and as a coaching staff, you've got to think to yourself, hey, we almost beat the number four team. Nobody's going to stop us the rest of the way. We're going to come in and we're going to just like, as soon as the whistle blows, we are going to just annihilate whoever we play. And that didn't happen. And and a lot of times it looked like they were kind of scrambling, especially on defense. It was just giving up large chunks of, oh, yeah. of yards on stuff that we don't normally right. give up the yard, large chunks and look, of yards let's on. Be, we got to be fair because we're always heaping praise on the defense. I think we also got to heap some criticism on them when they go through a first half where Texas Tech just with backup players, a backup quarterback that has somehow torched us now in two times. I mean, this kid, he's like our kryptonite for some reason, but like they ripped off chunks of yardage doing pretty much whatever they wanted to do. I was really disappointed in the defense in the first half. Now, 
again, I think they come out motivated in the second half, but to me that makes no sense. I, I don't know how we were in that position to begin with. We got a text from a listener, and 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 I'll kind of paraphrase it a little bit, but basically said, you know, going back to the Neil Brown thing, going back to, you know, where this team is, and he says, Neil Brown says trust the climb. What dang climb? That's, you know, that's exactly what he said. What dang climb? There's no climb. It's embarrassing, really. It is the same story every year since Neil's been head coach. So I think that's the problem that, as a fan, I'm starting to have with this team, which is it it is. It's the same thing every year. And granted, we spent years with Dana Holgerson, and there was no defense, and it was all offense, and it was about, you know, final scores of 56 to 47 or whatever, and we've switched with Neil, and it's become more defensive-oriented, and that's great, except you got to win games. Like, if you're going to be defensive-oriented, that's fine. If you're going to have quarterbacks like Jared Dagey, that's fine. Win the game. Well, let me ask you guys this question. Let's look back in the last, uh, we'll say, 30 years of WVU football, okay? Uh, we've had, we are now on our fifth different head coach, I think. Yeah. Does that sound since, right? Yeah, since, since ne- yeah. Neyland. Yeah. Okay. Counting yeah. Neyland, yeah. Uh, so let's go back. Dana Holgerson, did he have a mantra or a saying that we followed when he took over as coach? Not that I remember. I mean, no. Rich Rod had uh, hold the rope. I think. Hold the rope. Um, I, I don't remember anything from Stewart. Stewart didn't have anything, I don't remember right? anything from Dana. Grab the, grab uh, the crotch, Neil and maybe. Have... I don't know. Like, <laughs> drink the yeah. bowl. Drink the bowl. Drink the bowl. <laughs> did did Neilan have some sort of like... No, hey, that was let's definitely go not a Don Neilan thing. No. Like, so why are we now all of a sudden led to believe... Like, and I've, I've seen this on Twitter, and I wholeheartedly believe the same thing. So we are supposed to sit back for three or four years because the previous coach um, didn't recruit as hard his last year or two. And so we're supposed to just bide our time and wade through mediocrity until the current coach can get in some recruits. Is that what we're led to yeah, believe? Yeah, and I think that's where and and thanks thanks to that person for texting us because I think you know that sums up a lot of what a lot of people are feeling. And so, Scoot, I think to answer your question, like I, I think that's the expectation, but and I know a lot of people just knock on our fan base for being critical, and some people are very fickle. I, I understand that, but a lot of people are here for the long haul. They may complain, but they're in for the long haul, and they're fine. I think they're fine giving you a pass in these first two seasons, because I think our fan base is pretty, they're with it. They know how recruiting works and they see the successful recruiting. And, and to be honest with you, Scoot right now, I think that's the only thing that's really saving Neil Brown. He's, he's got some grace here with the recruiting, you know, Nico's at the game yesterday. People are talking about the future, but I think this game felt different because each game, I feel like I can pull little things. You know, Maryland, we sort of excuse turnovers. You know, Virginia Tech, we weren't happy with the end of that game, but we got the Black Diamond Trophy. Defense played great in hell. You know, this game, Oklahoma, you know, man, great game plan early, just some mistakes down the, you know. This game just completely felt different. This game amplified the timeout usage 
the seeming confusion. I run Garrett Green onto the field. He stands and stares at me back for 15 seconds. Then I have to call a timeout because no one knows what's going on. The defense is completely lost. And and I think people leave this game like you look at our schedule. Texas Tech feels like a complete dumpster fire. And they come in and they beat us at home. And now you're looking ahead at, you know, I, I put out a tweet last night. I'm looking at the next six conference games. I don't see a. I don't see a probable win anywhere. And it makes me really nervous for Neil Brown. I think, Scoot, I'll steal your, like, I'm sure he's a nice guy. (laughs) I really like him. I want to like him. I think he's a leader of men. But right now, people want to at least feel like I'm I'm, I'm able to trust your climb because I see some progress every game. And this felt like a big step back. So let's talk real quick about recruiting, right? So if if we are waiting on his recruits to come in so that we can turn the corner, so to speak, right? Does a game like last night, does that do anything to recruiting for future recruits, right? I, I get Nico has committed, but he hasn't signed anything. Is he thinking, well, we won't do this because when I'm here, I'll be able to move the ball more efficiently? Or is he thinking, I hope I don't get Garrett Greened, or I hope that um, I, I guess that's not a verb Garrett getting Garrett greened, but, um, <laughs> get, green, I, I I don't, get, get green. I hope I don't get stuck being some backup who gets, uh, scrap plays and then gets ripped as I come off the field. Uh, and if you're a running back commit, how do you feel about the use of the running back? Letty Brown, who in a lot of people's minds was the premier running yeah. back in the well, big 12 coming into in the season as well. Cause I thought this offensive like, line was going to be better for him. What? Right. I mean, the guy ran for what? 17 attempts for 57 right. He's yards. He's pretty much a non-factor really. And he was probably more effective with Garrett. And he's got to be frustrated. He's got to be frustrated. So if you're a recruit, do you want to come to WVU? Well, I think I, – I don't know that it harms that too. Now, look, if you start to repeat what happened Saturday, yeah, I do. I think right now in this moment, I think whatever they're selling to recruits and the you know the connections they're making, I think they're going to continue to be good with that. But what I, what I think this – to me, this starts to build an undercurrent of, you know, like, yeah, we're waiting on your recruits, but at the same time – you know, Garrett Green has now been someone pointed out Garrett Green's been there 21 months. Okay. Like, so either develop the guy. I mean, so what are you saying then? They have to come in ready. I mean, either develop that guy and get him on the field and improve your offense or, you know, something. It can't just be, I'm waiting on my guys. I'm waiting on, because I saw someone tweet this morning. I was kind of reviewing some stuff and someone was saying, well, you know, Dabo Swinney didn't didn't really win his first major bowl game until year five. He didn't he didn't win a national championship until year nine. You know, you really got to give these guys five to ten years. And I was like, who? What? Who's doing that? No, the man makes four million dollars a year. I mean, he's lucky to get three and a half years, right? I mean, there no one has patience for that. And and this whole th- this whole like waiting on my guys only goes so far to me. You got to develop guys too. Well, and I also think the other problem I'm having at this point, at this stage, at this juncture of the season, is like, I feel like it's a regression. I feel like last year's WVU team was better than this year's WVU well, team. Well, I, I, I think agree. last yeah. year's. I think there are parts of me who want to say that. La- I think last year's offense could beat this year's offense. Heads up. I mean, well, Letty Brown's not running. 
Maybe Jared Dagey looks the same, but he's or diff, better, but he's the same. It's the same situation. You know, I don't, and that's where I have a problem is that I feel like we're regressing and not have, going forward. Have you guys seen anywhere, anything that says that Bryce Ford Wheaton was injured or not able to catch a ball? No, he, and he was only targeted two times, ended the game zero receptions. Like, to me, no disrespect to the other wide receivers. They all have their own kind of roles. I think Estale needs to get the ball more. Um, Winston Wright is a good little slot receiver type guy. Catch him on a slant. Catch him on a, cr- a cross route. Catch him in the flat. To me, Bryce Ford Wheaton is our our best big time, big play receiver. Well, and he was such a factor last week in Norman with the quick slants and moving us down the field. You know, like that's what I mean. This game felt completely different. Like we just were not prepared to execute on on anything. Like we threw to the tight end what five right. times. Yeah, he got a lot of work. Yeah, like Michael Laughlin got a lot of but, work. But like, but we don't throw to our biggest maybe playmaker. I, mean, I don't say playmaker because Winston Wright is a playmaker, but. We don't throw to our biggest wide receiver target. I don't even know if Sean Ryan caught a ball. I don't think Sean Ryan. Well, so that's a kind a of a good like, so segue to something else I wanted to to ask you guys. So we keep hearing like this whole dual, you know, like Coach Brown, Jared Parker. They kind of share these offensive duties. We continue to talk about this use, this completely just like you know, uh, Benny Hill music plays in the background when we're trying to get a play in, I feel like, you know, like how, why is it so hard to get a play in now I'm calling, I'm burning timeouts on first down. Um, you know, that play I referenced where we run green on, we then run him back off. We score a touchdown one play later. So good. But now you've wasted a timeout. That really comes back to haunt you late. And it was a handoff. Yeah, like he, he could have right. not, hand, he the ball? not hand the ball to let like none of that made any sense. So I keep trying to figure out or at least sort out an opinion on is that Coach Brown? Is that the fact that it's a shared thing? Should Coach Brown hire a real offensive coordinator and give that you know dana did that for a while and then he just decided to give that all to jake spavadol or you know should that happen here i can't decide but there's constant like we're making easy easy things seemingly very hard on the offensive side of the ball yeah i it it is and i like the benny hill music sort of reference because that's what it felt like it felt like it just felt like it you know and i i don't know i it is there is definitely a problem there i don't feel like from WVU or from much of the media that is associated with WVU, the, you know, the guys that have the little lanyards that get to walk on the field and ask the questions after the game. I don't feel like anybody's diving into this. Like what, what is the problem with offense, offensive play calling, offensive organization, whatever you want to call it, that is causing us to be in this situation. I'm with you. I think part of it is we don't have an offensive coordinator. I don't think Gerard Parker, Gerard, I don't think Jared Parker is an offensive coordinator. I think Neil Brown's probably got too much on his plate to be an offensive coordinator. And I think you put them together and you've got no semblance of organization. Yeah, and Scoot, I think too, like Coach Brown is in this pickle now at the quarterback situation. I know we're I know we're constantly harping on this week after week, but he's he's kind of he's in this no win situation. He's made it himself. Right. Like he's created exactly. it himself Thank too. You. That's the yes. problem. He's created this situation where where Jared Deggy isn't really good enough to get us over the hump. You kind of know what you're going to get. But then they also haven't developed or put Garrett Green into a position where he's going to come in and be successful. So you're now kind of stuck with what you got. I think you're going to continue to see Jared Deggy start Garrett Green be spot stuff, which if you play like you did against Oklahoma, I'm kind of okay with that. But in this game, it felt 
like complete confusion and I don't know where they go forward with this. But here's the thing, Johnson. Like you say, like if you play like you played against Oklahoma, that's fine. But you didn't. Offense wasn't spectacular in Oklahoma. We stayed in that game because the defense. No, played No, I know that's fair. Te- I, Texas Tech. This game is an example of if the defense doesn't play great, we're no, lost. No, I, I totally because, agree. I'm just thinking like I think if we weed out those spot uh, spot mistakes, we probably win that Oklahoma game, and then I'm fine with you know like where Garrett green got in to spot play and have success in this Texas tech game. It just felt like the second half we're now in hurry up and try to figure something out mode. And it was just, it was terrible to watch. And I think yesterday, yesterday it was terrible to watch Scooty because it was typical ESPN broadcast day yesterday, where with everything that WVU did wrong, it was like close up shots of the fans with like their hands on their heads and, crying and depression it was like correct me if i'm wrong and i i don't recall um some of it might have been i was watching the game at a strange venue and uh i may have been in transition but did garrett green get into the game much in the second half um no not really i mean it was i don't recall i don't really recall him getting in i know for the third quarter he didn't really play yeah no not not really much at all other than that one he comes in and then he gets a timeout and then he gets ripped or, or I don't think he got ripped after the timeout, but he got comes out and then Letty scores a touchdown. That was the third quarter. I don't recall him doing anything in the fourth quarter. So what it felt like to me more so than anything was, okay, well, Garrett green is now just this wildcat package that will bring in. He's going to run the ball. It's not, it's not really a mixture of the two, like what we saw with Oklahoma or even, in a couple of the previous games where we saw a little bit more of a mixture of the two. So now it seems like, okay, this is Jared Deggie's team again. This is his offense. This is, uh, he had one decent quarter and we're going to, we're going to say out of the 12 quarters that he's played in the one decent one is going to allow, allow him to continue to run the well, team. I think though, I, to me, that makes a little bit of sense why we didn't see Garrett green. Cause now you've dug yourself the 17 point hole and if you're if you need to throw, yeah, if you're right. saying Deggie's your thrower, which I, you know we debate that all day, he did actually come out in the third quarter and throw, which I was shocked here. But that makes sense. But when you when you get it knotted back up and you're into the fourth quarter, then I don't understand why you. It's kind of like we said against Oklahoma. I don't know why we didn't lean into Garrett Green being on the field, helping Letty have more room to run. I kind of felt the same way here when we get the ball back late. Like go ahead and try. Go ahead and try that stuff out. You know, you're probably going to open up that running game a little bit more. And I, not to beat a dead horse, but let's go ahead and beat the dead horse. Um, <laughs> so Texas Tech gave up 70 points last right, week, sure. right? So Jarrett Deggy should look good at times against a team that gave up 70 points last week. So the fact that he had a decent third quarter really shouldn't be a surprise because he probably should have had a good first and second yeah, he should quarter. have had a good four quarters. Yeah. You know, so like – to say, well, he had a great third quarter. Why isn't he the starter? He should be the starter. That team gave up 70 points last week. Like, I think the three of us, if we had gotten a shot to go in at quarterback, we might have been able to connect a pass or two. Like, I mean, I know I can throw at least five to ten yards down the field. Here we go. Uh, but I, th- I think that – Well, but it's a good point, say, Scoot, because if you look at their – so Houston scored 21. Stephen F. Austin scored 22. Florida International scored 21. We come away with 20 points. 
So, I mean, that's not good company that you're holding there. And you're, I, I agree. I think it's a good point that you raise. In a day where the offense should have had like a get-right game, they arguably looked like some of the worst football we've seen all season. Well, so when we play – moving forward, what I'm getting at is – so when we play Baylor, Texas Christian, when we play some teams that have somewhat of a backbone on defense – you're not going to see what you saw in the third quarter. You're not going to see it. And it wasn't enough of a confidence booster to anybody to make you think, oh, well, you know what? Jared is the guy. Like, he like he passed against a bad team. Right. Like, that's expected. And Johnson said it earlier, and you look at these next six games, and you look at Baylor this weekend. I mean, Baylor's coming off a loss out of Stillwater against Oklahoma State. But you look at Baylor this weekend, you know, it's a noon kick in Waco, Fox Sports One. Yeah, now now you got to go on the road, Guido. I yeah, mean, you're going on the road with a team that everybody like. Listen, and I'm I'm not, I'm I'll say this with the the utmost confidence. I'm sure that no players or no nobody from WVU other than crazy fans like us listen to our podcast. But every podcast, everybody who's talking about it. Well, maybe not every podcast, but most podcasts and everybody who's talking about it is going to be down on this team this week. It's going to be hard on Daggy. It's going to be hard on Neil Brown. And so now you've got a team that everybody's down on. You're going into the stretch against Baylor, TCU, and Iowa State where, I mean, <laughs> I don't even – now I'm like, we're going to be lucky if we win one more game yeah, this season. Yeah, and I think I, I agree with you because I think what everyone's feeling right now is this team is – seemingly i mean i know i said that but it's like i feel like we're taking things that should be a little bit easier and we're man we're determined to make them more difficult so you had a game here to come home from oklahoma get a win under your belt get some confidence back before you have to go on the road the next two weeks now you've really made things difficult for yourselves and again looking the rest of the way here you now have to go to waco to fort worth and then when you come back home you're facing an iowa state team that's going to be mad that they've lost a couple games and and they're still a very good team i i don't know i just think this is where scoot like i said i think Neil Brown has hitched his wagon to Jared Daigie. He's now created this pickle at quarterback. The offense is what the offense is. And I'm not confident that you're going to get a whole lot of production out of now some teams that are probably going to play a lot better defense, even than what we've seen with like Virginia Tech, Maryland, Texas Tech. I think I think now you're into the meat of a schedule that's really going to amp up. I, you know, the, the pressure, I guess I'm going to go ahead and say it because I think we're all thinking it. But what if what if. WVU comes back home to Iowa State with two more losses under their belt the next time we see them at home, which is very realistic, Man. right? I mean, I know yeah. I know it's Baylor and TCU. It's not like we're playing the 85 Bears here or something. But if you take Saturday, if you if you have that in your mind and you know it's tough to go on the road and win, you're now looking at these two road games. I mean, if we if we come home, what, two and five? What are like what are we doing this season? now hangs in the balance and i think the part of the fan base that's already starting to break off and really give i mean there were a lot of critical discussions on the twitters uh you know since yesterday i think you start to unfortunately really amp up the pressure on on neil brown imagine what we would be what we would be like right now if our only win was against oh, the God. and it's Sharks. like totally plausible. and we lost and we yeah. It's to I mean it could have happened. Like it was 
a breath away right. from happening. Not only have they now lost three years in a row to Texas Tech, but Matt Wells. That's three of Matt, them. It's 12 Matt, wins. Yeah, Matt Wells only has 12 wins at Texas Tech. Three of them are against Neil Brown. That's horrific. That's awful. Well, and I'll be honest. So I'm, I am, when I look at predictions and things, like I am very much a like even with basketball more so with basketball like it's matchups to me right so certain teams play better against other teams based on personnel and the matchups they have and knowing that Columbia beat us last year and he was a mobile we didn't see that mobility as much yesterday that we did last year last year I felt like that guy just ran wild on us but the matchups to me felt bad. Like even though Columbia wasn't the starter this year, but as, as soon as I knew he was, I thought, well, that's a definite loss. Like we're not going to win that game because we don't match up well. That's and, and Matt Wells to his credit has come up with game plans that have worked the last three years that they've played WVU. So he goes in and in your perception of course is like, Hey man, I know how to beat WVU. I've beaten them three times now, two times now three. So like next year, Probably won't much be much different unless something drastically changes. It's time to rebrand. If you're gonna, if it's all about branding, it's time to rebrand because because we're all we're done as fans. We're done, and the problem is that I think as if we're done as fans, like where are the players at? Well, and here's the thing: I know people complained on Twitter about booing. I don't know that they were booing the players. I think they're booing the coaching staff. Now, it's hard to discern who's getting booed. No, I think you're right because I made a note in the show notes that when they did that whole thing where they ran green on, then he stood there for 15 seconds staring at the sideline, then they had to burn a timeout. There was booing. I I fully feel like that's booing Coach Brown. Like that's, The booing is yeah, the coaches. It's right. not the they, players. I don't think they were booing now, anyone. The players are going to internalize that and think they're booing them because that's just, yeah, you know, you hear but, boots I mean, and you think it's about you. It's not about you. Well, and I don't think that, you know, Scooty, I think that it's a chance that we might be in a month talking about a team that's two and seven. Well, I, I know. I, I don't want to be the I told you so guy. But <laughs> – I did tell you so. Yeah, you from do. the get go. You want to be the. You want to be the. I told you so. Guy. I do want to be that guy, and I will be that guy. <laughs> I've been telling you. I've not felt good about it from the get go. I didn't feel good about it in the off season. I've not felt good since the Army game, and last year I was the biggest. I probably of the three of us, I was the Sherpa. I was leading us up the mountain, but that has changed after we had Floats McGoats, and and he comes in. And we, in the bowl game, and then all of a sudden, were to believe that this guy, without a real competition in the offseason, he's just kind of handed the team back, that that's supposed to be a fix. And and let's go back real quick. All offseason long, all we heard about was how much more improved he was, how much more improved the offensive line was, how we need to keep trusting the climb. There's three things that we've been told, but our eyes tell us differently, right? So you can only tell me so long that, you know, this is how it is. But every time I see that it's not that, all it does is not actually make me more mad. But now it makes me mad at you for telling me this because you're basically telling me I'm an well, idiot. And you're talking and about the most improved player. And you're talking about an, a yeah. very improved offensive line, right? Are you ta- what? Are you thinking of anything yeah. else? I mean, I know uh, of those two. That, 
and that Garrett Green, I'll say this, that Garrett Green uh, must have had a horrifically slow transition to college football that he doesn't, like all of a sudden he's lost the ability yeah, to throw right, a ball. Okay. And, and all he can do is, uh, I guess, hand it off or occasionally run right, on his own. Right. Like, hey, I'm not a football genius. I'm not a football <laughs> insider. But like, something smells fishy here is what you're I saying. I can see it with my right. eyes. Our eyes are not lying to well, us. Well, and I'll remind you. We're not fools. I'll, I'll remind you, Scoot, that on the five-game stretch, so Guido, let's just like, uh, you know, up each each week I'm updating the win-loss projections. This was Scoot's, yeah. and, and we were like, oh, Scoot, you're yeah. being so pessimistic. There was a five-game stretch, Oklahoma through, let's say, Oklahoma State. So that uh, one, two, three, four, five-game stretch – Scoot predicted a one and four win loss record. And at the time I was like, man, you're being way too critical. Uh, Guido, you and I picked this Texas tech win. Um, for example, Scoot, you're looking like Nostradamus right now. The talk is shallow, right? So all this stuff that we're you being, are looking like Nostradamus. all this stuff that we're being fed from the coaching staff is super shallow. It's 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 smoke and mirrors, right, guys? So we're we're trying to like, hey, we're really not this thing, but we're gonna tell you we're something <laughs> else so that your attention is looking at that Look instead over of this. Here. Like Look at me. Hey, we knew the defense would be okay. Yeah. We lost some pieces to right. the defense, but now I start to wonder. Now it starts to make me wonder what did the guys that left us, what did they know? What did they see? Kind of surprising to me that Jamal Adai a, an alum who was a co-defensive coordinator who I would have thought, you know, you're a co-defensive coordinator at your alma mater. You have a pretty good chance if something goes awry, you could be an interim. And if, you know, if that were to not be, you could be a possible head coach of your alma mater. He leaves. Several of our better defensive backs leave also. They didn't all go to Georgia, but they left. Like, something to me felt awry or, or smelt fishy and which I don't, I don't like that saying. I like yeah, fish. So you're a fish I fan. Know why that people so, say, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah, know why like people Brian. say that that's a negative I mean, thing, but anyway, not the best smells. So all the time. I, it angers me that we're led to believe this because we're some like West Virginians are. And I've learned this since I've lived here. I'm going to get, I'm going to, we're going to do a okay. deep dive here. Let's real go. quick, fellas. A real deep I'm dive. Strap real, in. I'm riding the wave with okay. you. Let's do it. West Virginians, since I've I've been a part of West Virginia since 1997, okay. we, I, I and we, like appreciate we appreciate <laughs> part that. of West Virginia Welcome. since 1997. Um, what I've learned is they are loyal. Uh, unforgivably yes. loyal to a fault. Absolutely, to a fault. They are yeah. openly pessimistic. Okay. Guido, mm -hmm. yes, we and are. Um, yeah. <laughs> when when. And they're, I guess, what's the word? Besides loyal, incredibly good-looking, Guido. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but what I'm saying is, like, they are kind of ride or die, right? So they will, oh, I like they will yeah. back you to right. the end, right? And if you lead them to be feeling like they, you know, you you kind of lead them down, they're the going to give of, you hey, the support. This is going to be good. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna. We're going to okay, help you out. And it goes with, it goes with not just sports, but just, you know, uh, backing the coal industry, right, all of these sure. different things where people feed West Virginians, this line of right. bull 
And they, because they're good people, kind of give you the benefit sure. of the doubt until they get stabbed yeah, in the they back. Do. I feel like. At, that's you, kind like, of not that we're getting stabbed two, in the back. At two brute right now? Is that what you're – Yes. So what, you're saying, what you're saying is Neil Brown now, you, you feel like, okay, we've trusted the client right. for two years. We gave you – okay, we understand COVID. Benefit we understand of the challenges doubt. of what, da- what Dana left right. you. But now we're third year of trusting the climb. You keep saying all of this stuff and how improved things are. It's on me. Not... It's on – no crap it's on you. Who else would it be on? <laughs> it's on you, man. Like – I'm not going to blame Jared Deggy for the fact that you're Jimmy jacking both of them around. I am going to blame him that I don't think he can throw a long ball. That's what I, I think he makes some poor decisions in the but moment. But you're saying it's I'll waning. blame him for those like things. The, but, but Jared Deggy's not the one deciding that he's going he to yeah, He doesn't choose if he gets to go in or doesn't go in. He doesn't choose, are we handing the ball off the or are we throwing it? The patience is waning, I think, is what you're saying. Like I think what? West Virginians like being close to the sport, so they don't want to tick off right. the the coaching staff or whatever. You don't have – like, if something like this happened in Alabama – Right. Nick Saban's job would Gone. be on the line. No, right. And here's the thing. This is a, and this again is a fault of West Virginians. Like we like folksy. We didn't like we didn't like Dana Holgerson because he wasn't folksy. He was yeah. He's gruff. He actually he's said gruff. what he thought. Like well, he yeah. that is a good he ticked that people is a off. solid point because the back the back context to all of this is people like Coach Brown's approach like, to things. People like I mean, Coach they Brown. Did, they didn't folksy. like Holgerson's approach to things. You know, living in a hotel. They loved yeah. Stewart. Stewart folksy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Rich Rod, not super folksy, but from yeah. West Virginia. But, so right. that was a pass. Yes, right. that, that's that's right. a pass. Same thing with Huggins. I mean, Huggins can kind of be folksy sometimes, but like Huggins gets a pass. I think people see a lot of Don Nealon in Neil Brown, and they want that. Yes. And and that's that's why Don Nealon stayed around for 25 years because people loved him. It wasn't that he produced. I mean, he had a couple of great seasons. Don't get me wrong. And he and he was. I, I think he was a good recruiter. And I think he well, had, Neil Brown, Neil, like he's at Neil Brown's going to at least like for all the failings of Don Nealon, mixed in with some amazing seasons, he at least consistently won seven eight games a year. And like I like yeah. we're not even accomplishing that right now. Like go back. Go back five episodes, download five episodes ago and listen to my voice and then listen to what I'm saying now, because I was, I was high on this team. I really thought they're not going to a bowl game, fellas. They're not going. They're not. I don't, I agree. I don't know. And if they do go, they're going to get embarrassed. Well, and I'll, I'll remind you, it's the beef O'Brady's bowl if we go. I mean, I agree. It's, it's, you know, I'll remind you, Scoot, five games in, you predicted two and three and you were on the money so far and, and your doom and gloom ahead really looks like a real possibility i mean when we who did i have us winning in that five well you said we would go to fort worth and get one on tcu but everything else is is a loss this this trip to baylor coming back home to iowa state and oklahoma state you had all those as losses and i can't find a reason in this moment now please change my mind team over the next week or two but i can't find a reason in this moment not to look at that and say yeah you know what that's super super big possibility right now can i give you guys a, a positive thing to think Please. about sure all right i got a positive thing okay. to think about here, here it is 25 days until basketball season until we play a heckron in the I like uh, it. charity event now listen for the normal fellas, I like temper it. your expectations temper days. your expectations because <laughs> don't you start with that now scoot. don't take this away from me scoot. Don't take this scoot. One away. 
D&G Scoot has got uh, a little doom and gloom Scoot has got some precursors to the upcoming season <laughs> for basketball. I'll save in, those Scoot. as we get closer. Let's show but, it. Let me just look forward yeah. to it. Let you me can look, look forward, forward to it. For you can look at all weeks, the, listen, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rain Don't on all talk. your smiling listen. hugs tweets that you see between now and then. You can look at all <laughs> those smiling hugs it. tweets and be happy let, about it. Let me but have I'm telling you right now, hold your breath on that one because I got some questions. But before I totally trash our football team there are a couple of positives i do think that dante stills has somewhat come out of his brother's shadow and he is actually starting to and i think you will see that he starts to um potentially get some of the pre-nfl hype that darius had all along and i i will say this as well and this is no slight to to darius Dante, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, Dante physically is a little bit bigger than Darius. And so he potentially, I think, could maybe stick in the NFL compared to Darius. Now, I don't, not to discredit Darius, because I'd really not doing that. But you know how NFL uh, scouts look at things. Yeah, Dante projects probably as a better NFL player just based on being a lineman and and that kind of stuff. And he's starting Mm -hmm. to now... I've noticed he's becoming more of an issue for other teams' offenses as the season has progressed. So that's a positive. Uh, we're seeing uh, Jackie Matthews is all over yeah, things really on is. the defensive and back. So is Porter and he was Jr. kind of a. I mean, I think there were some big questions right. there. Those guys are playing admirably. And I, I was led, and I led people astray. Not that anyone really listens to what I say and values it. Um, I, I mean, I don't even get that kind of uh, respect right. at home here. But anyway. Uh, I was led to believe that Nick Troy Fortune would have a little bit more of a uh, impactful role on the defensive end, and not to say that he doesn't. Maybe people are throwing away from Nick Troy, and that's why we're seeing more of Jackie Matthews. But Jackie Matthews has done really well. And, and I'll say, you're right, Dante. Going back to Dante real quick, definitely has stepped up two sacks uh, against Texas Tech for a loss of nine yards. You know, and and you've also seen. I mean, I, I got to say it again. He shared a sack with Akeem Mesdor. Taj Austin still playing great you know, and showing up a lot on that defensive side. I think the defense really did struggle against a Texas Tech team that's not real good and Scooty's favorite quarterback in the league well, probably. And I, but listen, I mean, they in, in all of their games so far, I think, you know, I kind of recounted it against Houston. They scored 38. They went for 28 uh, against Stephen F. Austin, 54 against FIU. And even though they got clobbered, they scored 35 on Texas. So the 23 that the defense held them to is still – it's still a strong showing. It should yeah. have been enough of a performance to get the win on this team. So I think, you know, it's hard to to hammer on the defense. I, I think I think generally speaking, they're still even though they look not so great in that first half, they're doing they're doing the job. They're doing what they need to do. Well, and if you if you hold a team to twenty points, twenty one points, you know, you your offense should be competent enough You've to at least them a match chance. that. Yeah, you right. Right. You're not gonna shut teams out. That's just not sure. realistic. Yeah. And we're not, I mean, I guess you could, but we're not at that level where you where we're right. going to do that. Yeah. But Jordan Leslie does have the defense churning. Yeah. He does, I think, make good adjustments. I do too. Uh, we saw those good adjustments at halftime. Um, so I, I don't fault the defense for this loss. Uh, yeah, they gave up 17 points, but th- that's what teams do. Like they're, you know, they're it's all, wasn't for lack of trying. So well, they gave up seven. They gave up 17 points and then played. You know, we went back to themselves right. for the most yeah. part in the second yep. half. And I think that's that's definitely showing. But you know, 
on a day that should have been a great day for Mountaineer Nation. It was tough. Striped the stadium. WVU loses to Texas Tech. Congratulations, though, to Daryl Talley, number 90, officially retired at the game. Daryl Talley, who, by the way, I just want to go on record and saying I can't believe is not in the NFL Hall of Fame. Should be yeah, in the NFL totally Hall of Fame. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, He's in the Buffalo Bills. He's in the Bills Ring of Fame, right? He's in the Bills Ring of Fame. I, I you know, it's he, and he's loved in Buffalo. Like right. People, his his like Spider Man, his Spider Man Under Armour stuff should yeah. be. That's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. In the Hall of Fame at the very least. Yeah. Uh, but congratulations to him, Daryl Talley, getting his, his number retired. Another big number retirement coming up here in a month. Do you guys as find well. that odd? Do you find it odd? That we're that, retiring numbers all of a sudden? Yeah, like we go, oh, I don't know, a century <laughs> right. with two numbers retired. I feel like I feel like WVU now, it's like it's gotta be thirty years before they're yeah, gonna retire your right. number. That's that's what it is. We, like Daryl Talley's that's fine, but you're telling well me over that thirty years nobody, for Daryl Talley. Like that to me is an insult to the pro it's a fourteenth most winningest program in college football history, and you're telling me that You've got four guys total in the last 100 years that are worthy of having their jersey retired. Well, what about all these other teams that, you know, like had great winning seasons and they got nobodies? Come on. Right. I hear you. I hear you, Bill. Congratulations, though, to uh, to Daryl Talley. You almost have one. to be like 60-plus. Uh, for you to get your jersey so that you can't really enjoy it. Like, great, here's here's what we want to so do. We not only is your performance something. on the field part of the checklist, but then Shane Lyons has to ask you, did you eat at Shoney's Sunday? Yeah, like, are you uh, <laughs> considered you a senior your citizen? pickles to McDonald's? So, like, in that mindset, Pat White, you've got another 30 years before you can see yeah, your jersey right. retired. So all these people yeah, are pushing for Pat right. White. Listen, sit on it for 30 because right. we, yeah. <laughs> we got some time. we got we'll to think to about it a little bit more. We're not sure. Well, listen, WVU travels to Baylor next week on Saturday, plays a noon game. That's on Fox Sports 1 against the Baylor Bears. Uh, so, uh, so be ready for that. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluff. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Vortec Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortecKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortec, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortec Knives. Welcome back to Got Your Ears on Guido along with Scoot and Johnson. And don't forget, look for us on the social media. You can find us on there at Got Your Ears on Instagram and Twitter. We're all over Twitter, so you got to be on Twitter with us. And you can also look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears on. If you are looking to sponsor a segment, if you're looking to advertise your product or your service, and you're interested in getting your word out, hey, we will gladly speak on behalf of your company. So why don't you reach out to us on text through our DMs on Twitter. Uh, what's our number, Guido? It's 304-518-GYEO. So give us a call, send us a message, 
uh, we'll work with you to, to help you. Let us help you. Yes, help let yourself. us help you. Hit us up. Where, uh, you can also sponsor a segment like this one. It's the number one game show on a West Virginia University sports podcast. It's a little game we like to call Bluff the Fluffs. And boys, this week I have a special announcement to make. Okay. I have decided officially to step down as the official head writer for Bluff the Fluffs. Wow, okay. That's oh. a twist. Does this mean you're- The plot thickens. Oh, you're just the host now. The plot thickens. I will no longer be the head writer for Bluff the Fluffs. It's just been too much. It's been very tough in my life- To find the time and the energy to write these. But, that, but right. then who takes on that role? Who? How do we get our material then? Don't, don't worry. I have decided in my infinite wisdom that I am that we needed to hire a full-time intern to be able to okay. handle this. All right. And so we have reached out. Our intern, Clone Dog, will now be the official writer of all of the Bluff the Fluffs questions from Does now Does Clone on. Dog know that we are so well-funded with advertising, his uh, estimated salary is $0? It was very tough negotiating with him. Uh, it was a back and forth. <laughs> you probably were I able mean, to. Did you have to offer him a sandwich of some kind? He started at six <laughs> what, figures. What was the... Right? <laughs> I, counter, I counter-offered yes. with nothing. We ended up with a cheese and pimento okay. sandwich hey, once right. a month. He probably so, wanted like know. an Italian combo, right? Something that makes him sweat while eating. Yeah, right. Yes. So no, I like uh, it. So he, so now does this stand? Does this stand as week one of the intern written BTF questions or what? Yeah. So I'm anxious to see what the, is this what the your way of trying is? to get yourself back to a level playing field, Johnson? This is you trying to like, hey, now, I'm not I had very nothing good. To do with so this. I need to start from the scratch. playing field is level already, Scoot. We're almost tied. It's, it's tied, tied up. It's literally 10 to 10. a level yeah. tied up playing field. I mean, based on that scripted, previously scripted thing by it's like the WWE around here, like. I know who the Intercontinental Champion is going to be the week uh, before. You, listen, Come on. if you're going to say that, you can only say it in a Randy Macho Man voice. Oh, yeah. The cream rises to the top. No, you got to give me an Intercontinental Champion. Intercontinental there Champion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Cloney written Bluff the Fluffs right here. Let's see how you guys do. This week, Cloney got to pick topic. He uh, He wrote all the questions. So uh, I, can, I only read them as the official host of the show now. This week, guys, the topic is competitive eating. Ooh. Oh, boy. Uh, this is bad, Clone Dog. This is bad. Yeah, baby. Scoot feels like he has a decidedly more knowledge on this topic than I do. All questions about competitive eating contests, and, uh, and we'll see how you guys do. Just remember, a correct answer is worth five points. A steal is worth ten points. And final bluff is worth 25 points. And guys, also, the other thing is, Cloney, who I don't know if you guys know this, uh, used to, uh, before he took on the position as intern for our show, used to be really big into uh, computers. And so he wrote a special program that will every week pick who gets okay. to go first. So I just I just have to hit this button right here. And That's kind of we like find out it's a lot of. Uh, is this like a? Is this like a Texas Instruments calculator? It sounded like you were trying to book yeah. a flight. Next week, next week I'll find a better button to hit. Uh, so this week, uh, get the Scooty. You get to go first this week. All right, I feel good about that. 
I mean, I feel new, good about well, that. This feels, new clony uh, machine, new clony This feels thing. more BCS computer generated competition skew than the you know like quorum of voting partners, doesn't it? It feels very. It does. It does have Sadgerin like ratings, a, uh, maybe. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. All right, here we go. First question, Scooty. This one is to you. In 2021, Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest, Joey Chestnut consumed approximately how many calories over his 76 hot dogs? Was it 15,800, 19,600, 22,800, or 29,900? Well, I am a eating uh, contest aficionado, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I like to think that I'm an amateur. Uh, maybe maybe somebody in the amateur ranks. I'm not taking my show professional yet. Uh, I'm going to say it was the 22,800 calories. That's correct. A correct answer for five points. It was 22,800 calories. Scooty, that's like your daily intake of uh, calories. Well, isn't, isn't it? a normal, like when you look at the, when you look at the nutrition info of so, any various food, isn't it like based on a 2000 calorie diet? So he ate, like in that one hot dog contest, he had the equivalent of what, like 10 or 11 people's intake daily, daily yeah, intake right? of calories or daily. Something? Yeah. Not just in that, in that five was a 10 minute span. He had like, do you think yeah. later that night he's like, mm, I could really go for a snack. Yeah. You know, like, like later I on, me, like, like, I don't know. Ugh. I don't think he eats for days. Like, how could you? Oh, I don't know. All right. So correct answer. Scoot gets five points. Johnson. This next question is to you. In 2002, Kobayashi set the world record for eating this many raw cow brains in just five minutes. <laughs> Was it 12, 29, 57, or 72? Oh, man. I, this, is, this is very difficult because I really had to try to keep concentration after. You can't remember how many cow brains you right, can eat right, in the setting? I can't relate it to how big how big right? is a cow brain? i don't these are all questions i'm trying to sort through right now um but they're probably mushy and like can like right can kind of go go down easy this is the grossest thing we've ever talked about it feels like but i'm gonna go with b 29 it's incorrect Ooh. scooty for 10 points in the steel was it 12 57 or 72 i think he averaged close to 10 brains a minute so i'm gonna go with 57 <laughs> Oh my god. It's correct. That is correct. Oh my gosh. I mean I don't know if it's looking good or bad for Cloney right now. I think in one camp it's probably looking really good for Cloney and the other camp. Scoot not loves so Clone good. right now. I am, I love Clone uh, Dog. I have some words for him after this. <laughs> Clone Dog in trouble. All right, Scoot, this next question is back to you. In 1996, Scoot tapped out of the inaugural Southington, <laughs> Connecticut glazed donut eating competition after just two donuts. Is that true? I don't think it is, but go ahead. Continue. In, in 2017, Joey Chestnut set the record with this many donuts in eight minutes. Was it 55, 69, 77, or 84? Uh, I'm going to say 84 of those babies got consumed. Uh, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, uh, this next question, this question is back to you now for 10 points in the steal. Is it uh, 55, 69, or 77? What was the time duration again, Guido? Eight minutes. Eight Ooh, minutes. Eight Joey minutes. Chestnut in eight minutes. Uh, I liked Scoot's 
guess uh, I'm going to go with the next highest. So whatever C was, it was not 84. It was a little bit lower. 77. No, that is not correct either. It was actually 55. That's tougher, 55 than, donuts. tougher than it seems, I guess. Tougher than it seems. I mean, it must be because Scoot tapped out after two donuts in his competition. I'm not sure that that's Scoot, a I don't know. That, I don't know if that story. rates you as amateur. I mean, that like, I, come on. If you're, they were not glazed. They were Bavarian cream. Not Bavarian. They were. Um, well, I think they were Bavarian cream. Well, I've heard that you had the choice and you went heavy, and it cost you. Is what I heard. <laughs> I don't know how I feel All about right. this writer. Yeah. No. No. no I, it kind of uh, sways me back in his favor right now. To be honest. <laughs> All right, here we go. So nobody gets any points there. Scooty, you still have the lead 15 to nothing. Johnson, this question's to you. In 2020, Todd Fernley set the Guinness Book World Record by eating this many chicken nuggets in just one minute. Was it 10, 12, 15, or 24? In one minute. Chicken nuggets in a minute. In one minute. I think he did 24. Sorry, that's incorrect. Scooty, for 10 points in the steal, was it 10, 12, or 15? I'm going to say 15. It's tough, but I'm going to say 15. That's correct. For 10 points in the steal, it was 15 chicken nuggets in one minute. Scooty, how many could you do in a minute? I'd like to think I could I could at least get, um, I think I'd be around 10. I Johnson, I, f- I feel like if they were Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets, 24 would be No, easy. I think ob- I think if you get the gooey pink substance that whatever that is that goes into like McDonald's chicken nuggets, I feel like you can kind of chomp them down fat. I feel like I feel like Chick-fil-A would actually be a little more difficult. There's like a little more substance. Oh, yeah, you got to chew you know, them. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it's actual real yeah. meat. Right, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> All right. So, Scooty, uh, you're kind of running away with this right now. 25 uh, to nothing. And this next question is back to you. In 2018, Kafi Ali Khan used this to set the record for eating 65 grapes in three minutes. Was it chopsticks, a spoon, his feet, or a flaming knife? Uh, so he ate 68 grapes, you say? 65 grapes in three minutes. 65 grapes, three minutes. I'm going to say he... Oof. Chopsticks... Uh, spoon, feet, or flaming knives. Uh, I feel chopsticks would be tough to maneuver. That's tough. 65 and three minutes with chopsticks would be almost unhurt. Like, those suckers are rolling. Uh, so I am going to say I know it's not the – I don't know. Scoot, you're uh, up big. Make a decision. You're like Neil Brown in a timeout I'll right say now. spoon. I know it's not the right answer. I'll say spoon. Sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson for ten points in the steal. Did he do it with chopsticks, his feet, or a Scoot, we knife? get plays in from the sideline faster than you made that decision. My goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go chopsticks, very precise. No boys, it was his feet. Uh, that was my other guess. <laughs> Sixty five grapes in three minutes. I don't think I've ever eaten anything with my feet. Uh, yeah, I mean as a general I, rule I try not to yeah, it's hard eat. like I'm six foot four, so that's Maybe Those not a long way away. Yeah, not possible, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Nobody gets any points there. Scoot, you still have the lead 25 to nothing. Johnson, this last question before final bluff is back to you. Vomiting during a competitive eating contest is referred to within the competitive ranks, is referred to as a technicolored yawn, a gastro geyser, 
a mouth crying or the Roman incident? Oh my gosh. This has been the worst set of questions for me in the history of this game show. I'm going to go with a gastro geyser. Sorry, that's not of the course. Of, of, sure, of course. Why not? I mean, I'm sure. Scooty for 10 points in the steal. The options again? Technicolored yawn, mouth crying, a Roman incident. Well, I was hoping, I, I, I thought an answer would be there that wasn't there. I thought, uh, I've heard it referred to as a reversal of fortune. Uh, so that's what I was looking for as the, an answer. Um, I'm going to say mouth crying. Nope. That's incorrect. A Roman incident. Well, I don't know why. I don't we should, know uh, we gotta get, we got to get our, our intern to give us more detail on why these things are named <laughs> yeah, with their name. Right. Scooty currently has a 25-point lead, and I don't know, but we could have our very first Bluff the Fluff draw if Johnson can win this one here. Final Bluff, guys, as always, worth 25 points. We ask you guys to come up with your own buzzers, and uh, Scooty, what's your buzzer this week? I think in true spirit of the questioning, I am going to go with um, uh, a, a very popular eater on the circuit. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Crazy Legs Conti. Okay. All right. And Johnson, uh, what is your uh, buzzer for this week? Uh, I'm going to go Clone Dog. Oh, just to give homage to our new intern. Okay. I got it. I like it. All right. Here we go. In 1878, this was the prize for the first ever recorded pie eating contest. Was it a one-eyed donkey named Seamus, a lifetime supply of elderberry tea, a set of handsomely bound books, or a pair of dungarees? Crazy legs Conti. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Scoot? <laughs> I'm going to say one? <laughs> the one-eyed donkey named Seamus. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Johnson, 425 points to tie it up and have the first ever tied, drawled, bluff the fluff. <laughs> Was it a lifetime supply of elderberry tea, a set of handsomely bound books, or a pair of dungarees? Like, you sound like you are the guy describing the prizes on The Price is Right. I have no earthly idea what to guess here. I'm going to go with a handsomely bound set of books. That's correct. 25 <laughs> points. And we have our first ever Bluff the Fluffs draw as Scooty and Johnson tie on the final well, now, bluff shouldn't question. Shouldn't we have a bluff off, Scoot? Scoot? Like, shouldn't Clone Dog have supplied an extra question for like, uh, yes, you know, because we're like, like the Blue Jays, Yankees. We're like wild card race right now. Yeah. Like, are we like, what's the tiebreaker? Needs to be some sort of playoff. I know. What would happen if it was the last one of the season? So now we're 10, 10 and one is what we are with Bluff the Fluffs. Uh, yeah. I mean, we'll have to talk to the intern about this. Um, this could be a problem. I'm concerned about the intern's, uh, frame of mind <laughs> for him to come up with such answers like a one-eyed blind donkey <laughs> named. I like it. Famous. I like it. Thanks. And a lifetime Listen. supply of elderberry tea. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe know. that's a thing. I don't know. Like who's like cats. Like, like what, hats what, off what to, constitutes uh, a hats lifetime. Hats off to Clendog. He, he, he's at he's at the Brian Clenny on Twitter. He's uh, I, I like him as our new intern. I yeah, like it. Check him out. He's uh, yeah, like you said, he's at the Brian Cloney on Twitter. Our, he's our new uh, intern uh, here at Got Your Ears On because we needed an intern, right? You know, right? Yeah, obviously. Somebody's got to go get my coffee for me. 
right, well, listen, we're going to take a break and come back with a segment where Scooty goes out on the internet and tells us something interesting. It's a segment we like to call, I can't believe my ears. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears On. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio. You'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. Welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. And hey, listen, don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. It's kind of the hub of everything it about us, right, Job? So we post every show and blog form there on gotyourearson.com every week once we put the show out. There's uh, links provided in the show notes. So if you heard us talk about something and you want to check it out further, you can hit the link there. You can also listen to the show in the sidebar. The latest tune-in link will be right there. And don't forget to click on the link to the merch store to check out our latest uh, Got Your Ears On merch. Yeah, so check it out, gotyourearson.com. Well, every week we let Scooty go out on the internet just to make us feel better about the losses that we seem to be facing every week in football. So, Scoot, what do you got for us this week on I Can't Believe My Ears? Okay, this is a uh, question I have for both of you. Um, Let's talk about pests and pest control. Okay. Like. Okay. Like, uh, well, in this case, we'll talk Varmites. about varmints. Varmints. Yes. Varmints. Okay. Varmints. okay. <laughs> Gosh darn um, varmints. Have any of you ever had issues with pests and your vehicles? Mm, not really. So, like, for example, my wife had a mouse in oh, her Oh, okay. Yeah, point. that would be okay. bad. And we that had to set a trap in my wife's passenger side <laughs> okay. floor. For a mouse, which is horrific for me, because one, I don't want to find out that we actually do have a mouse. And two, like dealing with the dead mouse is not something I really want to deal with. So that was uh, a bad time for me. Um, Well, there is a gentleman in uh, North Dakota. Actually, let me take that. Yes, North Dakota, Fargo, North Dakota. He had a problem with a squirrel. Okay. 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 He went away on a work trip for four days, came back. And found out that the squirrel had decided to start storing black walnuts in his Chevy Avalanche. Now, is this like a Chevy Avalanche parked at the airport or something like that? Or uh, I don't know if it was parked at his airport or parked at his house. Either either I'm way, say this is bad news. Um, especially when it is 42 gallons of black walnuts <laughs> the size of limes. How many days? Four days. Four days? Man, this squirrel was busy. He had a four-day work trip. The squirrel stored 42 gallons (laughs) of lime-sized walnuts in this man's truck. Um, It filled six or seven six-gallon containers. Um, He found them in every possible nook and cranny (laughs) of the vehicle. And there are some photos on, I don't know if this is Twitter or Facebook, but... Uh, it is ridiculous. They look like limes because they're, I guess, walnuts look like that, I guess, until they're fully ripened, I guess. 
They're everywhere. They're inside this guy's engine. They are everywhere. Um, he says uh, that it is not the first time that this has happened. He said red squirrels have been using his truck to store walnuts from his neighbor's tree every two years. That is, uh, that's crazy. It only happened in four days, and that's a very hard-working squirrel. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Those things are huge. Like, and to look at the photos, he basically had to take apart his truck. He did. He took apart his truck. To de-black walnut his truck. So, I've never had, I mean, I've had some pests, but I've never had anything like that. There's no way a squirrel did that in four days. You think there was some some ne'er-do-wells? I mean, it had to be multiple squirrels, right? We got we got to be talking about like an army of squirrels that put all of these <laughs> squirrel away. Squirrel army. Uh, I mean, Johnson, do you have any thoughts yeah, on this? Yeah, I feel like there might be something more to this. Because like you said, the man literally had to take his truck apart, the front end of his truck apart, to get all these walnuts out. I guess... Do you think this was a prank yeah, gone I bad? Yeah, I feel like there's maybe something more to this. Like, uh, like someone, someone set him up a little bit here. Plus, like... How do you find this out? I guess you go to crank your truck and like, like walnuts shoot out from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, like nothing. I don't know. Like where? Like how does a squirrel get up in there like that? Can they fit into your? Yeah, I mean squirrels can fit like into that? pretty much anything. I don't know enough. I mean, they fit nicely between two pieces of bread. You can eat them for lunch. I mean, our buddy knife does that. He's <laughs> <It's> a squirrel <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, maybe he likes his with nuts. They're high in cholesterol, though. But some of these walnuts look like the size of a squirrel. So I'm just surprised that one squirrel could knock all this out. But I don't know. Maybe not. I haven't studied a lot of squirrel behavior, Scoot. So, you know, who knows? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, We typically see uh, the gray squirrel here and and maybe an occasional black squirrel. But maybe a red squirrel is a different uh, species that does things that we don't see. Like they're like six foot four and uh, yeah, very muscular. Palms. Yeah, palm <laughs> palm a basketball. Kind of a strange strange thing going on. And I know that with this being fall fall settling in here, you uh, might need to start doing some things to your vehicles to guard against uh, strange squirrel behavior. Well, after seeing this, yeah, maybe garage keep that that puppy. Yeah, I I would think so. So, <laughs> tough tough life. What was his name? Bill Fisher. Uh, tough, tough time for Bill there, getting his car all filled. Like up that's with a pain, him. though, right? Let's be honest. I mean, uh, you come home, you got to go to the store, you need to go to work the next day. <laughs> you go to start your car, and you can't because there's 42 gallons and of then walnuts in it. How do you call it? up your boss and be like, "All right, look, <laughs> I can't come Here's in the situation. today. <laughs> Why? I can't come to work today. Well, I got to take all these. Uh, I got to take got all these black walnuts out of my. I've engine. had some nuts in my truck. Like. It's a bunch of nuts in my truck. So I just thought I thought it was a strange story there very, coming out of North very Dakota. Strange. Very strange story. Well, thanks, Scoot, for the story, and uh, thanks for being here as uh, my support blanket as we lose another game, and West Virginia drops one to Texas Tech over the weekend. Another loss by a field goal. We got a game next week, Saturday afternoon at noon in Waco. That game's on Fox Sports 1 against the Baylor Bears. So definitely check that out and check us out. Don't forget, look for us online. Find us on Instagram, on Twitter at Got Your Ears. And you can also look for us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Check out our website, gotyourearson.com. Give us a buzz. You can call us at 304-518-GYEO. Leave us a text message or a voicemail. Maybe you'll get on the show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got 
your ears on. Rock and roll.